0: Well, praise the Lord. Good morning to each and every one of you. And in just a couple of moments, we're going to stand, I'm going to lead you in prayer, and then we're going to come to God's Word. But I want to take a few moments this morning to have a church family talk and to talk to you about stage three. I mean, we all know it was back in March that the coronavirus kicked in and life changed the way that we knew it. And we went from stage one to stage two. How many people are glad we're now in stage three and we're cruising through this coronavirus season? And we want you to know that your pastors and your board, your leadership team, so care about you and wanna do this so right to make sure that this place is such a a safer place for you to come into. And we're already now getting ready for the fall season. I want to talk to you about stage three and how it will impact Woodvale. We made a decision that all of our connect groups can start meeting on site, in their homes, outside or inside, starting effectively now, of course, as long as we live out all the guidelines of the Ottawa Public Health, and uh, we're communicating that to them. And uh, you've probably seen that people can gather with up to 50 people inside their house, if they've got room for that, six feet apart. And, uh, or 100 people outside on their property. And we thought there's no reason to not have our connect groups re-engaging as such. Some of them will probably stay on Zoom, and many of them will start meeting on site. We're now getting ready for a kind of a soft launch Sunday in September, September the 13th, to re-engage our children's ministries on site. We think that's exciting. And uh, we praise the Lord for that. And we've got a large building, lots of room, and we can promise you that we're gonna live out to the fullest, uh, an incredibly safer place for you to have your children come to. And by the way, it's great to look out in the main auditorium and see families with their young children. God bless you. And we are so excited about that. We really, really are. Well, we've not received yet the go-ahead to be able to sing on the platform, but we think the next step is you'll probably see kind of like a plexiglass engagement with Pastor Brad behind it, leading with his voice, not on the screen, but live on the platform. Anybody looking forward to that? I am. And we're in conversations now with the Ottawa Public Health, getting ready for that. But we want to make sure when we do it, We obviously do it so, so, so right. And we sanitize in between the services. There's people sitting in the 9 o'clock pew, and then there's people in the 11 o'clock sitting in different pews. And we've ordered also a a beautiful mechanical machinery, vaporizer machine that will make sure the building is so sanitized. In between services, people are are, are going through this auditorium and making it so safe and so well. So we're excited about our connect groups happening, our, our children's ministry ministries happening and getting ready for midweek children's ministries it's all going to look a little different and uh, smaller groups lots of rooms but we're going to live out all the guidelines and we're excited about that i want to take a moment to talk about those who currently not yet chosen to come on site and some of you right now, you're watching online, you're elderly. And you're like, I'm not ready yet to come back. I'm, I'm elderly, and I just want to make sure I do that right. We, we understand that. And we also have people in our church family whose, whose physical body is compromised, and they, they've got disease in their body, or they're prone to illness, or they've got someone in their family whose system is compromised. We understand that. And we we want you to make sure that you take care of that properly. Or some are healthcare workers and they're they're a little uncertain as a healthcare worker. We understand that. And we understand those that have a tiny little baby infant. We we get that. And we totally understand that. But we think that there's people watching online that say, Well, I'm not sure I want to come back till we can sing. And I want to encourage you, if you're watching online right now, do not let the fact that we can't sing yet to stop you from coming. Because we can still corporately come and worship. Do we have a little witness in the house today? We can come and worship. And I saw so many of you with your hands lifted. I mean, I, uh, Pastor Brad leading us in those songs this morning. I was worshiping God. There's something about corporately coming together. Amen. Come on, give a little clap offering of praise to the Lord. Amen. Some of you are like, well, I'm not sure I'm going to come back yet. we got to wear a mask. Now, I need to tell you, wearing a mask is probably going to be the norm in our city in every public building for some time. And we're, we're in the service for 55 minutes. That's all it is right now. Why is it 55 minutes? Because there's boys and girls in the auditorium. Why is it 55 minutes only? Because we've got to get this place ready for service number two. Why is it 55 minutes? We think that's long enough for an online presence as well. There's many reasons. And if we can go to a box store and wear a mask to shop for an hour, I'm just being honest, I think it's okay to wear a mask in the house of the Lord for 55 minutes. So do not... Unless you can't wear a mask because of health reasons, all right? So there it is. Some people are saying, I missed the fellowship. Now, if you're watching online, you can have fellowship after the service in the parking lot. And I'm watching you people leave the auditorium. You can be six feet apart. You're outdoors. You don't have to wear your mask outdoors as long as you're properly distanced. And you were all talking up a storm last week and having fellowship. Don't stop doing that, all right? So if you're watching online going, well, I can't have fellowship, you can have fellowship. Some of you are thinking, well, we don't have children's ministries yet. We actually do. We have online children's ministries. You can bring your iPad. You can bring your device. Your children can put on some headphones and watch. Pastor Shelly and Pastor Kimberly have made up discussion guides, and you can have your children do that right in the service. So we want you to be aware of that. But there's another reason, and I'm just gonna be your pastor for a moment and be right direct and upfront. We think that we've made it pretty comfortable for people to stay at home and watch the service online, not a bad deal. And I'm calling all of you sitting at home today to step out of your uncomfort zone and come back. We've created a very safe place. Some of you are like, I'm fearful to come back, how do I know it's safe? I can assure you that with a great team of people, we've taken every measure. Here's what we're hearing from everybody coming on site. And you people sitting here would say this. Woodville is safer than, and then you name the box store. I'm not going to say it. And uh, we've created, come on, have we created a safe environment? You will feel so safe. So if you're watching online today, and I've walked through some of the reasons that may not be as good of a reason for not coming, step away from your comfortable zone, and come back. We believe there's something powerful about corporately coming together. Have I told you I love you, church? And I love you, all of you watching online, all of you on site, I love you dearly. And uh, I just wanted to have a little family talk. I hope that's okay. Come on, everybody on your feet. I wanna lead us in prayer. And uh, how many people know God is a God who can do the supernatural? Do you believe that today? How many people know that God can do the supernatural? And there's people standing right here in the auditorium right now that you need a miracle of God. You've got disease in your body. You need Jesus to heal you. You've got a mountain of debt that you need God to provide a way. You need a miracle in your marriage, a miracle in your family. There's some of you walking a road of depression. One One of the struggles in this corona season is Depression. And there's some people right now at home that there's a cloud of depression resting over them. Can we pray that Jesus would break the cloud of depression? Amen? Can we just believe that the Lord would step in? So whether you're here in the auditorium or you're watching online, can we lift our hands to the heavens? We're going to believe for breakthrough. Father God, I pray breakthrough in the name of Jesus. I pray sick bodies would be healed. I pray, Father, cancer would be gone in the name of Jesus. I pray, Father, depression would break in the name of Jesus. I pray that the joy of the Lord would come in and fill every heart in Jesus' name, we pray. I pray for miracle in marriages right now in the name of Jesus. Restore a marriage that is breaking. Bring it back to a place of wholeness and health. I pray for family miracles. I pray for provisional miracles. I pray whatever the need, every need would be met. So, Father, we've come into your house today. We sense the presence of your Holy Spirit in this place. And we pray mountains would be moved and breakthrough would come. We know that the grave is empty. We know, Jesus, you are alive. And so we pray that you would do the supernatural in every life. And now, God, we give you the glory, the honor, the praise in the name of Jesus. Nobody whispered. It's okay. We can't sing, but you can shout. Give, give give, him praise. Say, praise the Lord right now. One, two, three. Praise the Lord. Come on, put your hands together and give a clap offering of praise to our Lord God. Amen. 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 Well, take a seat. Take a seat. How many people are ready for God's word? Well, that's three people. How many people are ready for God's word? Come on. Are you ready for God's word? Well, I want you to get your Bible out, and I want you to turn with me to the book of Acts chapter 1. We're in our uncomfortable sermon series. This is part four of a five-part sermon series, and I want to explore with you today the theme of uncomfortable ministry. And we're going to look at an uncomfortable passage of Scripture today. And we're going to discover some amazing truths from Acts chapter 1, verse 12, down to verse 26. And today, for a couple of moments, I want to give you four keys when you're making life decisions. Four keys when you're making uncomfortable decisions. Four keys when you want to make a wise, God-honoring decision. I want to talk to you today about discovering the will of God. How many people want to be in the center of God's will? My hand's the first to go up. I want to be in God's will. I want you to be in the center of God's will regardless of your age or your stage of life. And so today I want to give you four keys, four words, four truths. Four practical principles that I believe God wants you and I to apply. So I want you to write the first one in your notes. Number one, obey. Obey. Everybody say obey. One, two, three. Obey. Come on, boys and girls. With moms and dads, lift your voice. Let's say it together. Obey. One, two, three. Obey. We're going to learn today that the early disciples, the early church, taught us to obey immediately, worshipfully, and joyfully. Immediately, worshipfully worshipfully, and joyfully, and even precisely. And I want to give you one verse in Acts chapter 1, verse 12. We're going to see it. It says, Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day's walk from the city. Now, let's keep that scripture on the screen. Here's the context. They were at the Mount of Olives, which was on the east side of the old city of Jerusalem, and they had just witnessed the ascension of Jesus. And before Jesus had ascended, Jesus said, I want you to wait in Jerusalem till you receive the gift that my father promised. John baptized you in water, but in a few days you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And Jesus gave a command to the early believers to go and wait in Jerusalem. So look at the screen. The apostles returned to Jerusalem. They were on the Mount of Olives, which is about three-quarters of a mile to the east of Jerusalem. They're close to Jerusalem, but they were not in Jerusalem. The Mount of Olives was not in Jerusalem. It was outside of Jerusalem. And to precisely obey the command, they had to leave the Mount of Olives and go back to Jerusalem. So the Bible says the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives. A Sabbath's day walk from the city. You ever use the expression... We're going to go to someone's place. Well, how far away? It's a stone throw away. You ever use that expression? If you lived in this day, you would use the expression, oh, it's a Sabbath day walk. The ancient Jewish people in the Old Testament had something they called the Mishnah. And the Mishnah interpreted the Old Testament law. And the Mishnah said that a Jewish person can walk on the Sabbath. They're not allowed to walk on the Sabbath any more than 2,000 paces which is about three quarters of a mile. And why did they say that? Because the temple was probably only, at the most, three quarters of a mile from where they lived. So on the Sabbath, they could walk a Sabbath walk 2,000 paces. So everybody in that day, when they said a Sabbath day walk, it was 2,000 paces. It was three quarters of a mile. And in our text, Luke says that the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day walk from the city. And they obeyed immediately. Now, write this. Get this in your spirit. Delayed obedience is disobedience. When you know what God wants you to do and you don't do it, it's disobedience. Delayed obedience is disobedience. Now, look at Luke 24, 52 and 53. Because right here in Luke 24, 52 and 53, it's the same story of the ascension, but it teaches us something else about the disciples when they went back to Jerusalem. I love this. Then they worshiped him. And they returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continually at the temple, praising God. Now, we know that Jesus ascended to heaven 40 days after his death and resurrection. And for 10 days, one of the things that the early believers did was go in the temple and give God praise. So they obeyed immediately, worshipfully. And joyfully, and I want to challenge you. If you want the will of God, decide that you will do what he wants you to do. God will reveal his will to you if you are willing to be obedient to what he reveals. If you're waiting for him to reveal to decide if you obey or not, why would he reveal to you unless you were willing to be obedient? I want to call everyone in the house to obey immediately, worshipfully, and joyfully, because the will of God always brings joy. Worship Him with it. Number one, obey. The second thing I want to offer to you, the second word is pray. Everybody say pray. One, two, three, pray. Number one, obey. Number two, pray. Pray with perseverance. Now I want to read to you verse 13 and verse 14. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Some translations call it an upper room. Some translations call it a meeting place. And in those days, above a house would be a large room often. And they would call it the upper room, the meeting room. And so all of these disciples go upstairs to the upper room, to the meeting room, where they were staying. Who was present? Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the zealot. And Judas, the son of James, you add it up, it's 11. The 12th one isn't there, it's Judas. We'll come to him in a few moments. But there's the 11 apostles in the upper room in the meeting place. They had left the Mount of Olives and they come back to Jerusalem. They went to the place where they're staying and they went upstairs to the meeting room. Now, let's look here at verse 14. They all joined together constantly in prayer. I'll come to that in a moment. Along with the woman... It doesn't tell us who they were, but there was a group of women who followed Jesus, who were there with Jesus at the cross and were there with Jesus at the grave, the empty grave. And there's a bunch of these women who were there in the meeting place in the upper room. We don't know who they were. We could speculate, but there's a bunch of women who are there. But we Bible does say Mary, the mother of Jesus was there. Now, I want to point this out to you because some of you think we are to pray to Mary, but I want you to notice nobody in this text was praying to Mary. Mary was praying with them to God. And the other thing I want you to notice that also not just Mary, the mother of Jesus, but Jesus' brothers. Jesus had other siblings. Mary gave birth to more children after Jesus. And in the upper room, in the meeting room, are the 11 apostles, a bunch of women, and the mother of Jesus, and the brother of Jesus. Now put it back on the screen, verse 14. Here's what I want you to see. What were they doing? They all joined together constantly in prayer. They all joined together constantly in prayer. And there's three things I want to point out here. Number one, it was unanimous. They all joined together. Now I want you to look this way. If you're married and you're trying to discover the will of God for your life, pray together as husband and wife. If you've got children, and you're trying to discover the will of God as a family, pray together as a family. I'm just saying, Holy Spirit can reveal the will of God even to you, through your children, even when they're younger. How many people believe God can speak to a six-year-old as much as he can speak to a 60 year old we need to allow the spirit of God to speak to us. So if you're making a family decision, pray as a family. It was unanimous. They were all joined together, praying continually. Number one, it was unanimous. Number two, it was harmonious. Now, I wanna, I wanna show you, and it's, it's a huge Greek word that's used here that's been translated, joined together, and I'm just gonna do my best to say it. Harmothumadon, harmothumadon, I'm not Greek like Greek food, but don't speak Greek, study Greek. I'm doing my best, but here's what it means in harmony. Now, have you ever heard a choir singing and everybody's singing the right note but one person? Isn't it horrible? I mean, one person can ruin the song. You're like, oh, that's horrible. There wasn't one wrong note. Everyone in the upper room was was all harmoniously in one accord moving in the same direction, in one accord. They were unanimous, and it was harmonious. And then lastly, it was continuous. I mean, our text says that they all joined together constantly in prayer. And so for 10 days between the ascension and the day of Pentecost, this is what they were doing. They were in the temple praising God, and they were also at other points in the upper room praying to God if you want to know the will of God worship him and pray to him it will posture your heart to receive the voice of the living God are you with me this morning friends it was unanimous it was harmonious and it was continuous number one obey number two pray but then there's number three stay write this in your notes stay obey pray stay And the third thing we learn, they stayed in the scripture. Now I'm going to read to you verse 15 down to verse 20, and I think it's going to come to light. So let me, let me read it to you quickly. Beginning of verse 15, stay in the scripture. In those days, Peter stood up among the believers. I think that's really powerful because before the porn of Pentecost, they were already believers. And it says that there's a group numbering about 120. 120 we're in the upper room, and Peter stood up among the believers, and he said, brothers and sisters, this is the first time that the believers were called brother or sister, and some of you have been saved for a number of years, maybe you were raised in an environment where you called the men brother, and you called the lady sister, you know, brother Mark, sister Evelyn, he said, brothers and sisters, I love this, the scripture had to be fulfilled in which the Holy Spirit spoke long ago through David. Let me push pause. Peter was in the word of God. During those 10 days, he's praying, and he's worshiping, and he's waiting, and he's reading the Old Testament scripture, and he's reading from the book of Psalm, and he's reading from David writing, and he realized that there's scriptures that had to be fulfilled, which, I love this, which the Holy Spirit spoke, long ago get this in your spirit the spirit spoke then and the spirit of god wants to speak today amen and so so peter understood that the spirit spoke long ago through david concerning judas watch this who served as guide for those who arrested jesus look at verse 17 he was one of our number and he shared in our ministry when well, i wish i had a long time to explain this and expand on this but you can hear Peter's saying Judas was amongst us and he shared in our ministry. And the Greek word for ministry is diakonos. I mean, Judas was a part of our ministry and he was a part of us and he was doing ministry with us. But look at verse 18. With the payment he received for his wickedness. Remember, he sold out Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. Now I did a study, 30 pieces of silver in today's currency Most Bible scholars say is about $100 in today's value. I mean, he sold out Jesus for $100, 30 pieces of silver. With the payment he received for his wickedness, Judas bought a field. Well, you know, he threw the money back, and they went out and bought a field. Now, it's a little graphic, and I won't expand too much on this. There's children in the auditorium. He fell headlong. His body burst open, and all his intestines spilled out. Very graphic. He's very graphic. Verse 18 Everyone in Jerusalem heard about this, so they called that field in their language El Keldama. That is the field of blood. Peter is very graphic. Now look at verse 20. For said Peter, It is written in the book of Psalms, may his place be deserted, let there be no one to dwell in it, and may another take his place of leadership. Now I want to point out to you that Peter was studying the Old Testament scriptures and he came to all these, these Old Testament scriptures that pointed towards what happened to Judas. And he quoted two of them. I'm gonna put them on the screen. The one is Psalm 69, 25. May their place be deserted. Let there be no one to dwell in their tents. And when Peter read that, he's like, that's, that's Judas. Judas ended his life. Judas no longer was. It's like the tent was empty. It's Old Testament language to say he's no longer there. And so Psalm 69, 25 helped Peter understand the framework of what happened. But then Psalm 109, verse 8, he felt was God speaking to him what they should do. May his days be few, and may another take his place of leadership. So here's what's going down. Peter is in the upper room with the believers, 120 of them. First of all, obey. Number two, pray. Number three, stay. They stayed in the scripture and the scripture gave them guidance. But I'm I'm, I'm building up to number four. And this is what I want you to hear. God will make a way. So when you obey and you pray and you stay, when you say, God, I'm going to obey your will. When you say, I'm going to pray and seek your will. And when you say, I'm going to, I'm going to stay in your scripture. God will make a way. And I'm gonna show you four things that I saw in our text. I'm gonna gonna leave you with this, and I believe it's gonna speak to you today from verse 21 down to verse 26, the process that the early church went through to replace Judas in the apostolic ministry. Number one, describe the need. Number one, describe the need. I want you to look at verse 21 and 22. Therefore, describe the need. It's necessary to choose one of the men who's been with us the whole time, the Lord Jesus Was living among us. I mean, Peter said, We got to choose one who's been with us the whole time the Lord Jesus has been living among us, beginning from John's baptism to the time when Jesus was taken up from us, for one of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. And in verse 21 and 22, Peter is establishing what they were looking for. And there's three things that they were looking for. Number one, someone they were familiar with, they already knew them. Number two, someone who was faithful, someone who had been with Jesus from his baptism to his ascension. The time frame when Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist to his ascension is about three years. And so Peter said, we need somebody we know. We need somebody who's been with us for three years of Jesus' ministry and has been well-trained. But number one, someone who's been familiar, someone who's faithful, number two, But number three, someone who has a firm faith, and I love this, a witness with us of his resurrection. In other words, their faith is so firm that they know that the core of the gospel is Jesus died and Jesus was raised to life. Now, church, hear me today. The core of Christianity is that Jesus is not dead. The grave is empty and Jesus is alive. Can we put our hands together and affirm that? The grave is empty. So the need is we've got to find someone who's familiar to us. We gotta find someone who's been faithfully serving, and we need to find someone who has a firm faith. Number one, to scrap the need. Number two, detail the options. Now watch this, watch this. So they nominated two men. Joseph called Barsabbas, also known as Justice. This is the guy with three names. Why three names? Because everybody in those days, many were called Joseph. So if they just said Joseph, I mean, that was the most common name. So they said, no, no, Joseph also called Barsabbas. And bar means son of. Sabbath means Sabbath. So Joseph was the son of Bar Barsabbas. And he also had a Greek name, Justice, just so we're not confused. He's the guy with three names. He's not just any Joseph. He's, the, he's Barsabbas and he's Justice. And the other guy's name is Matthias. Now, now look this way. The only time these two names are mentioned in the scripture is right here, and they're not mentioned anywhere else. All we know about them is they were familiar to the 11 apostles. All we know about them, they had been with Jesus from John's baptism to his ascension. All we know about them is they had a firm faith that Jesus had died and was raised to life. We know nothing Else about them in the Bible. This is the only time their names were mentioned. So number one, describe the need. Number two, detail the options. And number three, declare through prayer. And I'm going to show you something, and I think this is going to resonate in your spirit because if you're looking for the will of God, here's a powerful prayer to pray. Declare through prayer. Look at verse 24 and 25. Then they prayed. What's the first thing they said? I want. I need. No, it doesn't say that. It says, Lord. Can I give you a nugget of truth? When you pray, start with God. Don't start with you. Most people, when they pray, they start with, I need, I want. Don't start with you. Always start with God. Is there a little witness in the house today? Always start with God. Lord, watch this. You know everyone's heart. The will of God starts with the heart. When the heart is right, you're ripe and ready to hear the voice of God. And so Peter said, Lord, I'm starting with you. You know, and the Greek word for know means you know everything about us. You know, our heart, you know, you know, our heart. You, in fact, you know, everyone's heart. You know, every heart of all 120 show us, you see, because he knows he shows, show us which of these two you have chosen. Now, I wish I had time to expand on this, but when you're asking for the will of God, what you're asking is God reveal to us what you already know is meant to be my future. Hear me this morning. Jesus, who was with you before, who's with you now, I love this, is already in your tomorrow. When you are seeking the will of God, you're asking God to reveal your tomorrow, which he is already in. Come on, isn't that profound? And so you're saying, God, you know us, so show us when your heart is prepared and in worship and and postured and waiting and willing to say, God, whatever it is, I'm going to obey. Now, most Christians, not most, that's not fair. Many Christians wait to hear the voice of God and then decide if they will obey. Decide right now, whatever he says, I will do wherever he wants me to go. I will go. Are you with me today, friends? Whatever you want, God, I am going to do because your will always brings joy. No leads to show. So let, let me, let me go, go, go through this again. Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which of these two you have chosen. Look at verse 25. To take over this apostolic ministry. I mean, it was uncomfortable ministry. And they needed to replace Judas. So God, show us which Judas left to go where he belongs. Let me take you to the last point. And I'm going to end with this. I'm going to show you something from God's word. Number, number four, decide what is best. Now look at verse 26. Then, the, then, the, then they cast lots, and the lot fell to Matthias. So he was added to the 11 apostles. They cast lots, and the lot fell to Matthias. So he was added to the 11 apostles. Let me show you Proverbs 16:33, and I think it's going to make sense. The lot is cast into the lap. You ever wondered why they said the lot is cast into the lap? Because in this case, they would get two rocks. One rock might be one color, another rock might be another color, or one rock might be one size, and another rock might be another size. And they would get one rock and say, This rock, which is this size, is Joseph. This rock, which is this size, is Matthias. And, and Peter probably put it into the lower part of his robe as he was sitting down, and he, he probably folded up the garment robe, and he's got the two rocks in there. The larger rock represented one, the smaller rock represented the other, or one, we don't know, one color represented one, the other color represent the other, and, and, and they would just shake it up, and the first one that hit the ground, they believed was the will of God. Now look at the screen. They said the lot is cast into the lap, but it's every decision is from the Lord. They believed when they cast lots, it was the direct, decisive will of God. In the Old Testament, they cast lots to determine which priest would serve in the temple. I mean, the Roman soldiers cast lots to determine who would get Jesus' clothing after he, was, after he was crucified. I mean, in the Old Testament, they cast lots to discern who got what land portion in the promised land. Now, watch this. This is the last occurrence in the Bible of the casting of a lot. Now, put it on the screen. The lot is cast into the lap, but its every decision is from the Lord. Now put verse 26 back on the screen. I want to bring it together. Then they cast lots, and the lot fell to Matthias. So he was added to the 11 apostles. Man, that day, if I was Joseph, I would have asked for a recount, wouldn't you? I mean, there's only two names, and he didn't get it, and Matthias got it. Have you ever wondered how it felt to be how it felt to be Joseph, the guy called Barsabas, also known as just us. I want to declare today that Joseph called Barsabbas, also called just us, represents just us. Have you ever been overlooked? I have. I have. And I want to leave you today with some nuggets that, that, that really spoke to me about discerning the will of God. Evelyn and I were just young ministers, and we were pastoring in Godrich, Ontario, our first church. I was 22 years of age when I started, 23 when I got married. And I'm probably about 26 years of age, and we're in the city of Ottawa, and we're sitting at God's ordained restaurant, Swiss Chalet, having some Somewhere in the, I think it was on Carling Ave, I don't even remember where. And I looked at Evelyn, I said, Honey, I feel like the Spirit of God is saying to me, Sunday you and I are going to be pastoring in Ottawa. I fast forward about one year and was still in Godrich, and I actually got a call from a church in Ottawa to come as their youth pastor. And my mind went back to that moment in Swiss Chalet where I felt the Lord saying to us, someday we will be here in the city of Ottawa. And immediately after I received that call, I felt the Lord say to me, not yet. Now, I must confess to you, I thought it would happen the year after that, or maybe the year after that. But it took, like, it took a lot of years. It took like 20 more years before it happened. And I'll never forget, we were in Prince Edward Island, and it's now the f- summer of 2000. And we're driving back to Bowmanville where we were pastoring. And it was just one of those God moments. And I looked at Evelyn. I said, honey, I can't explain this. But I feel the Lord saying to me that soon as we get home, something's going to shift. And there's a change coming our way. The next day, I got an email from Brother Eugene Hsu. He was the chair of your pastoral search committee. And he asked me to come and meet the Pastoral Search Committee, and I think of people like Brother Eugene Hsu and Sister Terry Taylor and Brother Homer James, who've now gone on to glory, and just a wonderful group of people. And I'm gonna fast, come on, honor those people, amazing people. I remember sitting in Brother Eugene's house, and it's like Holy Spirit showed up. I mean, I mean, we're in an interview meeting, and it turned to a prayer meeting. I mean, the disciples were in a prayer meeting in Acts 1. And it turned to a business meeting. But the Spirit of God spoke. Now, I'm going to pull this together. And I'm taking you on a journey for a reason. And I've, I've saved these final verses for a reason. So I want you to stand to your feet. And Pastor Brad, come on back to the keyboard if you would. And I, I, I want to leave you with a couple of scriptures that I felt the Lord tell me very clearly. I need to drop into this house today because there's people standing here right now and there's people watching online that you are desperate to know the will of God. And number one, obey. Decide whatever he says, I will do it immediately because delayed obedience is disobedience. Obey, pray, and stay. Obey and pray with perseverance and stay in the words. And watch what Jesus does. Now, here's what I want to show you. This this is a theme scripture from Mark and Evelyn. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Put it on the screen. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him. And he will make your path straight. And if I was preaching a three-point sermon on those verses, I would give you three things. Number one, lean. Number two, learn. And number three, listen. Lean not on your own understanding. Listen to the promptings of the Spirit of God. Learn his voice, and he will speak, and he will lead. Lean, learn, and listen. So when Mark and Evelyn were young, married couples sitting in a Swiss chalet and just eating food. The Spirit of God shows up in the restaurant and says to me someday you're going to be in the city. I don't know where it even came from. I'm just enjoying the chalet sauce and my quart of chicken. And a thought came to my head that I could not make up in the natural. It was like almost like an audible voice of God. You will end up in the city someday. And then then, sitting with Brother Shu and Brother Homer and Sister Terry and about fourteen people, and Holy Spirit showed up. All I know is that God has put us here for such a time as this, and we've learned to live. Oh, Proverbs three five: Trust in the Lord. Church, hear me. God has got your tomorrow. He knows your tomorrow. Lean not on your own understanding. Submit your ways to Him, and He will make your path straight. Come on, give a little clap, offering of praise to the Lord God. I'm going to close with this verse. And there's one more verse. And I'm going to give you one more nugget of truth. Psalm 37:4. Take delight in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. We've made the will of God about location and vocation. Location, where am I going to be? Vocation, what am I going to do? And I've discovered the will of God is not about knowing the location or the vocation. It's not about knowing, it's about growing. It's not about location or vocation, it's all about transformation. And I felt the Spirit of the Lord say to me, say to this house, whether you're in the house or you're watching online, put more effort delighting yourself in the Lord God Almighty, and He will then make your path straight. He will. I feel the Lord saying to me, we're gonna step into a false season of uncomfortable ministry but uncomfortable ministry doesn't mean bad ministry. I believe that the best days for this church are the days to come. And I feel the Lord saying to me to say to you, share in the ministry and watch what God does. Obey, pray, stay, and God will make a way. Come on, give a clap offering of praise to the Lord. Would you bow your heads? Father God, I pray that everyone in this place would take the word that I've unpacked this morning. I believe, Lord, this is what you wanted me to share. And I pray, God, that we would learn and lean and listen. And I pray that you would lead us in the days ahead. And as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, if you've never asked Jesus to be the center of your life, I invite you to join me in this prayer, dear Jesus. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. I've decided to follow Jesus. I make my peace with you now. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. You know, we have so much content available for your kids and for your youth on our website. So please remember to check that out. And also, if you haven't visited us on site, we would love to see you. So I hope you have a great week. God bless.